Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everybody. Our number two of the early line right here on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin, touring you around the sports world, helping you to get the edge. That's what we do here on SportsGrid. And Kevin, you know, we were talking about Bundesliga coming mm-hmm. back, right? And everything from, listen, we may have injuries, you know, you know, these athletes aren't perfectly ready. And I understand the idea of the substitutions, the stretching that is required. Sure. But just like with the UFC, you were saying you're starting to get into a method of victory or go mm. to the distance or not. It seems like you dug in a little bit into the Bundesliga data from last weekend, and we've got some trends in terms of, I don't know, is offense or defense ahead of the curve after the break? So it's really, so what I, I'm using the FanDuel Sportsbooks totals. Sure. And pretty much every single game is favored to have three goals in it. So why right. it's fun for me is they offer us two and a half and three and a half. Over two and a half is minus money, over three and a half is plus money. Right. So I pretty much went by this, okay, with the eight games that we got on the weekend. Over two and a half, five and three. Okay. okay. Over th- now, and I, I took it over three goals. Yeah. It was three, three, and two. Right. Daddy, so that's bang. That's the spot, right. Right. That's why they had two and a half and three and a half in the first place, I guess. Right? And then over three and a half is three and five. Mm-hmm. But again, that's okay. a lot of plus money. So I basically came away with this saying, they they know what they're doing in terms of pricing, but I would still kind of lean with these overs because mm. you're because again you're not betting over three. You're betting two and a half, three and a half. Five and three, laying juice. I think you're still profitable. Three and five, getting the juice. Oh, wait, if that plus money, you may be break, do better than break even there anyway. Exactly. So for me, the takeaway from opening week, and the idea around the Bundesliga as well, is it is a significantly more offensive league. Okay. And to me, again, what we got from week one felt like it confirmed that a bit more. So, um, and again, now maybe you want to play these two and a half minus money because that's, you know, that's still more profitable, I would yeah, say. safer way to do it. But, yeah, I, I thought that it looks right now certainly has the feel of an overleague. All right, fair enough. Well, let's, uh, let's test that. All right, Kevin? Because tonight, you know, one of the things that's happening out there in uh, Germany, so it's ten- tonight in Germany, but it'll be like this afternoon here in America, anybody that's watching us, um, we've got a game. Okay, Bayern Leverkusen, uh, who, by the way, I believe, are they, I think they're in like third place in the table, right? They are one of the contenders. Okay, so they're, they're right still- there. They're right there. They're in position, right? They are They are in the race for a Champions League spot, let's say, or at least the Europa League spot yeah. for sure. So um, are you going over in this game? I'll, I'll gladly play the over in this game. Okay. No problem to me. I, I, I expect there to be goals here. Um, Word, Word of Bremen has, has really, really struggled uh, when it comes to conceding. Um, they've given up the most goals in the league. So, I mean, that right there in of itself. Uh, and Bremen has also conceded at least two goals in eight straight games. Again, we know that there's been a gap in play, but they've been a defensive nightmare. So the, so the over here is no problem. But Bayern Leverkusen fits a uh, an unbeaten trend that we got from this past weekend. Mm. Road favorites, 3-0. and uh, We had Gladbach win as a road favorite. We had Bayern win as a road favorite. And we had Wolfsburg win as a road favorite. Bayern Leverkusen is your is a minus-150 road favorite. Huh. Now, they are not the plus-money Wolfsburg, but they're not the sure. 5 Bayern. But to me, I think that this is, again, it's a trend that makes sense where, you know, these these better teams, 
they're focused, but it, it also just speaks to me, Dane, to the top of the table. Bayern Leverkusen right. is fifth with a win. They are one point off of fourth place now, Leipzig. Ah, and who just tied a loss. Right, 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 right. That Champions League spot is so important for these teams. And honestly, like, the Bayern is not that far ahead. As incredible right. as they've been of recently, Bayern is not outrageously far ahead to where these teams aren't going to see if they maybe slip and fall and can get themselves in the race. Right. So to me, because I'm, I'm, I'm going to get after these teams that are at the top of the league. Maybe you have to be creative to find plus money. But minus 150 for Bayern Leverkusen against 17th place, 17 out of 18, 17th place Werder Bremen, no problem for me. And also yeah. for, for your overload that you mentioned, the first meeting was a 2-2 draw. It's four goals. So, yeah, I love Bayern Leverkusen in this game. Road uh, favorites thus far, 3-0. Hope they make it 4-0. And, you know, the other part that makes sense to me about that is, let's think about it, there's no fans in the stands, Kevin, yeah. right? So yeah. if you're a road favorite, right, the, the problem about going on the road is, let's say this team gets out to an early start, right? Momentum starts to build. Then, you know, the crowd can help buoy a team, you know, all the way to the, to the kind of... Uh, to the glory land, but that's not going to happen if there's no fans in the stands. Very interesting trend. I'd be interested to see if this road favorites trend hangs on, and it looks like Leverkusen is yeah. another instance of that coming up tonight. All right, Kevin, let's turn our attention from football to football. All right, here <laughs> in America. Uh, you know, and we've been talking, you know, we're going to go team by team as we've been doing here on the early line. This week, we go to the AFC South. You know, Kevin's been talking about, oh, man, the Colts are always in good spots. Well, we're yeah. going to see a little bit later on this week. We'll touch on the Tennessee Titans today. But before we do so, I got to get your thoughts on this, Kevin. Um, you know, you've heard of the Rooney rule, yep. right, Kev? This idea that you got to interview um, at least one minority candidate, right, when you have a coaching hire up. And that's been, what, for about a decade now, at least. Mm -hmm. And so what's interesting to me, and there's been a lot of people who have had different opinions on if that's a good rule, if it's really being honored with the mm -hmm. spirit of that rule, or if you just find, you know, one of those good old also-ran treads that, you know, get a courtesy interview, call it Caldwell or Jackson or whatever, just so that you can go ahead and make your hire. Like, is it really being implemented in the right way, but I'm seeing something that really would augment this, Kevin. The idea, there's yeah. a proposal out there that for um, people of color, right, if they are hired by as a GM or as a head coach by a team, that that team is going to get a boost to their third round draft pick. Now this, that's a real incentive, okay? The question is, is it, is it, hap is it from the right place? Is it coming from the right spirit? Or will teams manipulate this? Will this get the job done? I mean, Mike Tomlin, I think, is like the only head coach out there right now that is African-American. We've been losing some over the last few years. I guess there's Flores down there in yeah. Miami as well. But think about it, okay? Think about this, though. Wilkes had one year in Arizona, was dealt a bad hand, right? And then didn't get the chance to make it work. So... Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, what do you think about this rule? I'll tell you what I, as the, you know, stable genius and vocal minority, think about this afterwards. But what's your take when you heard this? Maybe a, an additional, a supplemental pick or an increased third-round pick for hiring a minority GM mm -hmm. or a head coach in the NFL? So there, to me, there's two sides of this. But let me yep. set this straight. There is no side of, why can't we just hire who's qualified? Because they're not doing that. Right. They're not doing that. Eric Bieniemy does is not a head coach. And Bang. 
there's nothing that sets me off quicker than the entire topic that surrounds Eric Bieniemy. So that is not the two sides of it. The first side of it is just this cloud of ickiness, I think, to this whole thing. Yeah. That they need this incentive to do what they should already be doing. It right. just, it doesn't feel... Like the fact that this needs to be incentivized yeah, and is a just, little bit weird. Right, and I think if you're then the... the person of color that would end up getting one of these positions you would be like oh man like why did I, did I get this for a, a third round pick like this is like it's and that is something that a lot of people just were very very turned off by when it came to this idea and I think that it's incredibly understandable like that you almost have to dangle something in front of them to get them to do what they should already be doing but I did have another conversation uh, surrounding this idea that then, you know, really kind of left me puzzled. And it's, we can't turn to the NFL to do morally correct things. They're incentivized by what's best for them. And just to drive them, but basically to give them financial, if you will, in this, you know, uh, a boost, that's how you then get them to do something. And if through this incentive, again, it's, you know, let's just use this. It's supposed to be high ranking front office positions and head coach positions, right? So let's just call it, you know, GMs and head coaches, which is right now sure. five uh, people. Uh, the Dolphins general manager, the Browns general manager, Flores Tomlin and Ron Rivera are the five. There you go. If all of a sudden of those 64 positions, 32 become people of color because of this rule. Yeah. I think then we have to make sure that we do a good job turning away those people who say, well, they only got the job because of the blah, blah, blah. And yeah. just actually be happy that now we're actually starting to see those changes made because the thing with, and let's just call it what it is, systemic racism, the way to change it is by changing the system and hope that maybe this can shift things and 10 years, five years down the road, it's closer to a 50-50 split, and we don't have to have draft capital be the reason why. Yeah, listen, I'm with you on most of that, Kevin. I'm with you on the fact that uh, let's cut through the crap. There's a reason that there needs to be an incentive around this because there's, there's plenty of data points that understand that it's not happening. For some reason, African-American coaches are still not getting the fair shake. You mentioned the enemy. It's ridiculous that when you talk about Flores or Rivera and Tomlin as three of, you know, 32 options, especially when you consider how many former players are out there, right, um, that could do this role. However, Kevin... I feel really, really icky about this. Yeah. I feel really, really icky about this, not because of maybe um, the positive intention of this, right? That this is a creative idea to uh, incentivize. I get that. And maybe we do need incentives here. That's another social commentary for another day. But to me, the fact then that this can easily be manipulated or can easily be miscommunicated, or can mm. easily be poisoned in terms of what true intentions were about hiring or firing a guy like Eric Bieniemy. what could be the round-robin carousel of the token black GM to just get an extra draft pick for teams or whatever the case may be. Mm. I think it is a very slippery slope and a Pandora's box that could be opened. And I, to your point, 
when you said something like, we can't just trust the NFL to do the right thing here, I believe that when you put something like that out there, that then I won't trust will kind of still be the true spirit of it or adjudicated correctly or, mm -hmm. you know, be implemented with any kind of fidelity. That is where my problem comes in. I think that this is structurally being set up to then ultimately be manipulated. And similarly, Kevin, to how, you know, the Colin Kaepernick anthem stuff was supposed to be something and then got manipulated to be something else. Mm -hmm. I am very worried that this kind of policy can be bastardized and warped to be something very, very far away from what is, you know, an incentive that I understand what they're trying to do behind it. I just don't trust that it's going to play out well, Kev. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to. I guess the, the lone saving grace of it is if ultimately people of color are put in the positions they deserve to be put in, hopefully that becomes the new norm. Well, we'll see. My fingers are crossed. So are yours, it sounds like. When we come back, Kevin, what we do is get back onto the... DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build and optimize lineups for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to the early line right here on Sports Grid. I'm Dane Martinez. He is Kevin Walsh. And we continue our spotlight series, way too early lines and the roster reset. We've been talking about, you know, we did the AFC North. I think we did the NFC North. So we now go down south to the AFC South with the Tennessee Titans as the spotlight. And I'm going to tell you right now, Kevin, okay, we're going to talk about this team. But remember how we've always been talking about like, oh, there's some pass rushers still out there. Oh, Logan Ryan still out there, formerly of the Tennessee Titans. Oh, the Titans may be in the market for a guy like Jadavion Clowney. So hmm. my caveat is that it seems like the Titans may be one of those teams that still can be shopping around and dramatically change their team fortunes if they do in fact get difference makers like a clowny or otherwise. But yeah. let's start with the Titans and specifically their draft. I think they did a decent job, all right, um, Kevin? And here's why. One is when you and I did a mock, we had them getting a tackle in the first round. They did. I thought it was priority for a team that has the league's leading rusher that used to be called Exotic Smash Mouth that just lost Jack Conklin to go mm. get a line. They did so with Isaiah Wilson out of Georgia. Now, Kristen Fulton is one of, like, your, you know, man crushes, apparently, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. And they go out and get him in the second round. I also remember saying, you know, when we've been talking about the running back position, right? I believe you had Darrington Evans in your top 10 in the rookie running backs. We have talked about how teams, you know, juice the orange with the franchise tag and then know to start secession planning. I thought mm -hmm. the Titans did that um, appropriately with mm -hmm. Darrington Evans out of App State in the third round. What do you think about the Titans draft overall? I think they kind of were business businesslike and did what they were supposed to do. Yeah. I'd give it like a B. Yeah, so um, I think I actually did the draft grade for here here at the grade okay. for the Titans. And I'm pretty sure I actually said they get an A for taking Fulton alone. Because, <laughs> I mean, they got him in like, what, 53 overall? I think something right. along those lines. 
I mean, this was always going to be the scenario to me. Like he was, he was just one of the best values on the board. You mentioned right, Logan Ryan departing. I love the Christian Fulton pick. Isaiah Wilson is interesting. I think for me, he was in that same range of Austin Jackson and Ezra Cleveland. Okay. I did think Josh Jones was better. I've, I'm trying not to basically though. Like so many people passed on Josh Jones. I can't give you like an F for the pick because I would have taken Josh Jones. Like everybody passed on him. Like, that's the right position though, at least, you know exactly. what I mean? No, I, and that's what I was just going to say. I think, and I think that, and also for me, I am okay with the idea of I'll take an SEC talent, like as a kind of a differentiator, like, and he's obviously, you know, he was, he was over there getting it done at, at Georgia. So I liked Isaiah Williamson. I, I liked what they did overall in the draft. All right. Fair enough. You know, I would also say this. I, maybe the biggest thing they did in the offseason already is decide that they're shoving all in with Ryan Tannehill, right? Marcus Mariota out there in Vegas, Ryan Tannehill. Now, listen, let me tell you something. In the fantasy world, this dude won people their fantasy championship last year, yep. okay? If you got Ryan Tannehill off the scrap heap, you know, it truly helped you. They were averaging for a period of time 30 points a game under mm -hmm. Ryan Tannehill. They beat the Kansas City Chiefs in, like, week seven, something like 35, 33, something like that. They were able to hang. They were were able to do it in different ways, punching the Patriots and the Ravens in the mouth or outscoring other teams, right? Here's the problem for me. Yeah. I, I, I ain't trusting that long term. In the same way, you know, Kevin, that I'm a, I'm a little bit hesitant on Drew Locke in Denver because I saw it, sure, but I don't know. You know mm. what I mean? And I guess my biggest question for you, and then we'll get into their win total, yes, no, on the playoffs, the best way to skin this cat, looking yeah. at their schedule, diamonds, fugazis, and the like, do you believe in Ryan Tannehill? I, so the thing is, right, you have to ask this question, but I hate this question because I hate this team because I don't know what to make of them. Because I think for a lot of people, recency bias is, everybody is, has their recency bias, right? So I'm surprised that the conversation sometimes isn't more, ah, Tannehill's only good because of Derrick Henry. Because in the playoffs, Tannehill didn't really do much. He did enough, but, like, Derrick Henry was obviously the driving force. Can I him. tell you something, though? Can I sure. tell you something? And sure. this is part of why I think Tannehill was good. When Tannehill came in for Mariota, you know what also started happening, though? The play action oh, yeah. over the top, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you watch that Patriots game, if you watch that wild card game against the Patriots, you know how Bill Belichick likes to say he's going to make you play left-handed, he's going to take away your number one thing, and then whatever? They thought the number one thing was Tannehill throwing the ball deep. Oh. And that's why Derrick Henry got, whatever, 157 yeah. yards, 183 yeah. yards. Teams were actively, like, in the pick their poison. They were saying, go ahead, Derrick Henry, you beat us. So I just want to put that out there. You're right. Tannehill didn't like, um, you know, light it on fire in the playoffs. But part of that is because defenses were playing him as the priority, and that is what enabled Henry to go bonkers. No, yeah. So I was gonna like to me that wasn't the right narrative though that Derrick Henry carried this team. Okay. Tannehill opened things up for them. Right. So weird about it is it's not that just Ryan Tannehill came in and was better than Mariota. Um, you know, this past, you know, everyone's trying to find ways to hang out with their friends. I, we did a little sports trivia this weekend, me and a couple of college right. buddies. You got to invite uh, me next time, bro. Like, give me yeah. the Zoom link, whatever it is. Come on. You know what, Dane? You'd come in and you, you would dominate. You would like it. One of the, it was like, name the top five scoring running backs. It was, it was good stuff. Right. Well, questions. Let me know. Well, Send me the Zoom in. Now, context clues, you'll be able to know the answer, so I won't actually ask you, but it's who led the NFL in passer rating last year. Uh, no, I guess Rodgers and... Right, right. I'm guessing it's Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> it was Ryan Tannehill. 
Yeah. Because Ryan Tannehill, for the 12 games that he started, was pretty much the MVP of the league. Like, he was ridiculous. And the problem with that is, like, he then went into the playoffs, and a lot of it was Derrick Henry. But you're 1,000, 1,000% right that the play-action game and the genuine threat that was Ryan Tannehill opened things up for Derrick Henry, who's such a bruiser that if you don't have enough down there, he is going to make you play, (laughs) especially when we are in the heart of winter. And here's all where things become tricky, right? It reminds me somewhat. Remember when so Mahomes throws for 50 touchdowns and people are like, regression's coming. Yes. Like, okay, sure. But if he, how much, like, right, is he, right, he's right. not 20 less touchdowns. I'll take 43 touchdowns just fine. <laughs> so William Tannehill is going to regress. But he was pretty much, I don't want to, like, over-exaggerate. But, like, he was one of the five best quarterbacks last year in football. Like, now I think can we clip that and make sure this turns into a commercial here on the Sports Grid Network? I'll go ahead. It was statistically though, he really was. I hear you. He really was. So my question is, was that a it's a quite there's a difference between regression and an and a downright fluke. Right. And Ryan Tannehill regressing still a top twelve quarterback in football? Because to me then, with some of the weapons and Derrick Henry and Vrabel, who I who I'm becoming very high on that defense it's hard not to like the tennessee titans okay so it sounds like you are a little bit bullish i don't know if i would ever call ryan Tannehill one of the top 12 quarterbacks in the nfl we could play that game another day i don't want to but yeah (laughs) i hear you i hear you so let me ask you this though you talk about kind of natural regression right yes it's not like this team went 14 and 2 all right, Kevin, like their win total right now is eight and a half. They are minus 130 on the yes side to make the playoffs, okay? But wait a second. You talk to me about divisions on the whole all the time, okay? And let's say there's some regression, okay, in Ryan Tannehill. Let's say Derrick Henry, oh, I don't know, just doesn't lead the NFL in rushing again. Let's say everyone kind of knows that A.J. Brown is a beast this time. And apparently... You think the Colts got a lot better in that division. So let me put your feet to the fire here. Eight and a half is their win total. Minus 130. Yes for them to make the playoffs. I'll give you the division odds in a second. But, like, where are you putting your shekels when it comes to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Ryan Tannehill? Uh, I, I walked into that. So the question I would have for you, right, is so they were, you said what, they were 11 and 5 last year? I don't or... even know that they were. The like, because remember, they were a wild card team. Right. They went on the road to New England. They were the yeah. sixth seed. There's no way, you know, uh, Houston was the division winner. Yeah. Uh, so I'll check. You know, I think they went like nine and seven. Because remember, I'm they were in the last week of the season competing with a number of other teams. Oh, that's right. I'm trying to remember, though, what the record was with Tannehill. Because that is, of course, part of the equation. That is different. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Because pretty much the Mariota thing was it was a All was right. a disaster. You know? Okay. Like, they lost the game to Buffalo, I think, 12-9, where Ryan Suckup missed, like, four field goals. Fair. You know what I mean? It, like, so there's a lot of things in there where, like, it's almost like, could this... <sighs> if it all balances out, it's maybe, like, a 10-win team. On instinct, I would say over 8.5. You would take the over 8.5? Yeah, I think so. So if you're taking over 8.5, you definitely think this team... Do you think this is a playoff team? And, yes, by the way, Tennessee did, in fact, go 9-7 and seven last yeah. year. Houston won the division at 10-6. and six. So you're, you like them to get to 9. Yeah. You like them to be a, one of the 
seven playoff teams? Or can I interest you in this? Listen, they're the second choice in the division right now. The Colts are now the favorite at plus 135. The Titans are the second choice at plus 165. Texans all the way three to one. We know the Jags ain't even trying. So you tell me, do you want the minus 130? They make the playoffs. You're talking about the plus money. Can they get yeah. it done at plus 165? You seem to be a little bit more confident on the Titans than I am. I think, but when it comes to that, because, so it's funny, like, I almost feel like I've done half the cult schedule, just like it's the way it's panned out. Oh, get another two of their games coming up. Yeah, great. Like, but I, I think I might, like, have the cult maybe as a, someone I'd, I'd bet to have the best record in the league because of how this schedule is lined up get for, them. for them. tomorrow, for I sure. know. We'll and it, it trust me, it's going to be uh, equally stressful as this Titans picks will be today. <laughs> but to me, I think, I don't think I'd want to bet them to win the division because of where I could see this Colts team be. Okay. Uh, let me add, let me just make sure I, I add this. Mike Vrabel, to me, of all of the things that were established, right? Derrick Henry is a beast when we get late in the season. Tannehill can be your starting quarterback. Vrabel beating Belichick and Harbaugh yeah. in their buildings. With, like, the punt plays and the topic of the clock. I hear you. So let me ask you this. Mike Vrabel, 20 to 1. To win coach of the year. Ooh, I, oh, please do let me look for those odds and we can talk about this more tomorrow. But on instinct, 20 to 1? Like, how far down the list is he? He's tied for the seventh choice, tied with Stefanski and Kyle Shanahan. So that's interesting, right? Like we said, I like him ways to skin the cat. I like right, him. You like him more than that? I'll tell you, the favorites of Belichick, McCarthy, Arians. Then we get guys like Frank Reich with those Colts. Kingsbury, who we think could take a step forward. Very McDermott, good. we've talked about the potential of the Bills yeah. this year. And then Vrabel is tied at 20-1 to 1 with Kyle Shanahan and Kevin Stefanski. Here's what I'm going to do, okay? I threw out the 8.5. I threw out the yes, minus 130 for the playoffs. I told you plus 165 to win the division. Mike Vrabel, 20-1 to 1 to win uh, coach of the year. When we come back on the other side of the break, I want your one best bet of those. It sounds like you got them winning, you know, over eight and a half. Then we go game by game and we see if there's any daylight here. We'll talk fantasy for the Tennessee Titans as well. Who are the diamonds in the rough and who's the fugazi in Tennessee to just straight up forget about. It is Dane and Kevin. We keep looking at the Tennessee Titans when we come back on the other side of the break. We're giving you the edge on the Titans right here on the early line at SportsGrid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to the early line right here on SportsGrid, where we are remembering the Titans. No, we're not talking about Coach Boone or like, hey, how you feel, or Sunshine or anything like that. Although Trevor Lawrence may be in the market himself as Sunshine next year. But I digress. We were talking about all the potential ways for you to get ahead of the Tennessee Titans in the futures market. Kevin, yeah. out of those options, which struck your fancy? I think the over eight and a half. It feels low. And I'll tell you, you know, I don't, it seems like there's a lot of, Team just in that eight and a half range. Yeah, sure I, wonder, 
I just wonder if it's a lot of uncertainty. Maybe it's just, listen, we don't know who's great and who's not. Um, mm-hmm. The South is a division that, you know, I mean, listen, you Colts and Titans, the, the division winners last year were the Texans. Yeah. And for all the struggles with Bill O'Brien, and we'll talk about this team, I've mentioned being lower on him, but he's actually performed very well in terms of like within this division um, in years. So I think it's really fascinating. But that over eight and a half does, and you said over eight and a half was minus 130? Um, I believe so. Yes. Well, I'll double check that for you. But with their eight and a half total, um, I'll get you the juice right now. I do want to remind you one thing, Kevin. Remember how I told you about the prime time balance yep. of home away? They are on prime time three games this year, two of them okay. on the road. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm not sure if there's any of those road games that you thought would have been a win that are now a loss and we'll go through them. You know, I think to be quite honest, they're a sacrificial lamb right out the gate in week one of the season, but we'll get into that. So the over, no, it's minus one ten on okay, both okay. sides for the eight and a half, but you are leaning over as mm-hmm. of now, right? Let's yeah. play it out, Kevin. Let's play it out. What I mentioned, yeah. Listen, they're in that primetime Monday night football spot, the back end of the doubleheader on Monday night football at Denver at altitude. I think that's a tough one for them. Uh, What say you? We're giving them a win or a loss right out the gate on the road at altitude in Denver. You know, it is a tough one, but I'm going to lean with the Titans for now. Okay. So you're giving them a win right out the gate on the road. Yeah. That's one of the things where I might have given them a win until I saw it was a primetime game, to be quite honest. Week two, they host Jacksonville in their season open, in their home opener. Yeah, I like that. Win. Then they go to Minnesota. No, that's a loss. That's a loss. Then they come back home and welcome the Steelers to town. Fun game. Yeah. Um, I'll lean Titans. He takes the home team, and the Titans go 3-1 and one after a month of the season. They stay home. This is a big matchup, in my opinion. The Buffalo Bills come to town. Listen, this game last year, people don't talk about That's it right. enough, man, when it comes to Buffalo. But, like, the Bills, the Bills were very, very interesting last year, and they needed to get better. But this was one of those games that they won, and it was a very, very unimpressive win. And people would try and sneak it by you. Oh, they beat the Titans. The Mariota-led Titans that missed four field goals Different and it was a 12-9 team. victory, man. Um, with with that being said, now the Titans are home. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean Tennessee. All right, so you got them four and one off to a great start. They yeah. stay home for division rival Houston. Son of a gun, I hate this. Yeah, I I I like them to be Houston, man. Titans are hot as hell. They are five and one. Then yeah. they have a bye week, so they get to rest up, right? They get to rest up for a big trip too. Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. They're off to Cincinnati and they have a bye. You think they get it done against Joe Burrow? I do. The thing is, you already know, Dane, they're going to be 10-point road favorites and they are going to win that game by three. Right. I agree with you, but, you know, we're just doing the win-loss here for game by game. I don't know that I would lay the points on the road with them just yet. I understand next they go back home and uh, your boy Nick Foles by this time will be on the center for the Bears. So it's Nick Foles coming to town. Um, let's give the Bears a win. Yeah, let's give Nick Foles another win. We know that. Um, then, in a quirk of the schedule, they play these Colts two of the following three weeks with the more Ravens in between. The Ravens in between. So, home for the Colts, at Ravens, at Colts. How did they get through that gauntlet piece of the schedule? You know what? Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. I would love to know kind of what the Colts situation coming into this game is. But honestly, on instinct, my lean right now is 0-3. All right. 1, 2, 3. 
You've got them six and five heading into the stretch run. After they go to Indy, they do come back home. They see Baker Mayfield and the crew coming in. That's, Cleveland. Should be a win. Okay, Although you got to think Tennessee. You think that's a spot where the Browns are thinking revenge in a way? Because I like, of I like Cleveland this year. I really do. I think they get their act together this year. I really do. And by that point of the season, I think the narrative is going to be different now that Stefanski is the adult in the room. We just talked about head coach of the year. I might be interested in the Stefanski uh, 20 to 1. But I digress. You give them a win against Cleveland, then they go to Jacksonville December 13th. Give me the Jags. I have to get a Jags win in there. Okay, the Jags need to win eventually, right? Um, A flex game. It could be Saturday or Sunday. They are home against the Detroit Lions. Remember, they see the NFC North? Yeah, they get that one. They get that one, but then they have to go, and this could be a LaFleur revenge game. They go to Lambeau Field. By the way, in what is a primetime game, this is a Thursday night game at Green Bay Week 16. I've got the Green Bay Packers. Cool. Um, <laughs> we're going to see how you feel about this total now. They finished the season on the road against the Houston Texans. By so the this way. This is the last game of the season? Yes, it is. So they're going to play you Thursday know, nighter. You have them 8 and 7 entering this game. <laughs> That's amazing. And, but, and so they're going to play a Thursday nighter before week 17? Yep. It's the last Thursday night game. Is that how they usually do it? I thought they usually stop Thursday Night Football week 15. They stop it week 16, I do believe. I will double-check to make sure I'm not saying anything wrong here. No, I think, no, I, th- I, think you're, I think I remember it changing. I'm just talking about in years past. Like, was it usually um, different? Nevertheless, with extra rest and playing the Texans, 9-7. Um, and seven, So, obviously, that inspires all Excuse the confidence. Me. I digress. Oh. It is Sunday Night Football. This one is changed, but here it's quirky, okay? This one is changed because that week they're doing Friday night on Christmas, okay? So um, I apologize, but it is Sunday night football still on the road, prime time at Lambeau Field. Nevertheless, I mean, they still lose. Right, and then week 17, so they don't have the mini buy off of it, though, Kevin. Um, And they go, like I said, they are on the road to Houston, I believe. I'm going to still give them the win over Houston. Well, you got them going 9-7. and What do you know? Yeah. So... I mean, does that make you comfortable enough to click any of these things over the eight and a half or the playoffs even? No. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a couple okay. of things that stood out to me. One, the start of the season, right, I had them like five and one. Yeah, you had them like five and one. Very, very shaky five and one. Like, they easily can lose that opener to the Broncos. A lot of tough spots there. And the other problem is, I'm really going to have the Colts 16 and 0. I have the Colts beating them twice. <laughs> yeah, right. But it, it's, a, it's a tough spot, man. Because basically... The game against the Colts, that first one at home, is yeah. must win. And you have to hate that kind of pressure on, right. on a team. So they go down there, then to go to Baltimore. Yeah. They, I mean, I guess, you know, they, they won at Baltimore last year, I guess, in a bite in a big spot. Yeah. But you know, that could start the snowball going off the rails and then boom, right there with the Colts again, but this time in their house. Yeah, that's an interesting stretch right there for Tennessee. But they could be, like you said, five and one, six and two, something like that, heading into it. Yeah. They could have a question. Would you want to maybe lean over and like have that and then even like, you know, hedge out, hedge out of that, start to fade them game by game almost? Could you do that? Yeah. Take their over eight and a half. Then when they start to enter the gauntlet of their schedule, just bet against the money line. Oh, 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 let me throw let me throw a crazy one out there with this right. team. And now I'm I'm trying to I'm not sure exactly where you land on this group, right? Yeah. But is there an argument that like they could be a decent 
like Super Bowl bet or win the AFC bet, I should say. Let me say win the AFC. So let's turn our attention to the AFC because here's what I, I do think that's interesting, right? I do think that's interesting. Now, remember, first of all, seven teams make the playoffs in each uh, conference, right? What if I told you the Titans are the seventh choice to win the AFC. That's why what I'm saying, they're playoff minus 130 right mm -hmm. on the fringe. The teams that have better odds than them in the AFC, okay? Kansas City and Baltimore, you know, right? Mm -hmm. um, then there's a gap. The third choice right now is New England at 10 to 1. Mm -hmm. Then we hit your, you know, your man crush of the Indianapolis Colts at 11 to 1. That's the five choice. Yeah. The Steelers are 12 to 1. Wow. The Bills are 13 to 1 then the Tennessee Titans are the seventh choice at 16 to 1 they are shorter odds than other teams that I like to make the playoffs like the Browns at 17 and the Chargers at 17 to 1 you think that there's value there for the Titans to uh get back and get through the AFC championship game I mean they had a lead in the AFC championship game a few months ago they sure did they went to Baltimore and won they went to New England and won I just think it's like it's worth it's worth I think to me asking ourselves, are the Titans a team that can be built to win in December? Like if that's a real thing, and I just to me right. like I, once I you think get old once you don't want to get in front of the two hundred sixty map pound locomotive that is Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think like would I could I right now make the argument to you to put them as high as four? I think Baltimore and the Chiefs. There's no discussions to be had. Fine. And I'm almost wondering if the Colts, at least for me, are finagling themselves into a, a tier by themselves of three. I put the Bills there personally. Okay. Um, but here's – and then I get where you're going, okay? And I'm kind of see them as a nondescript team. Here's, for me, the key question. Yeah. How did they get better? I don't, I don't know the answer to that question. They lost Jack Conklin and all uh, Pro Bowl linemen. Yes, they drafted someone else. Like, you know – is there more room to grow for Tannehill? Is there more room to grow for Derrick Henry? Does this defense take a step forward? For them, for me, for them to be a true AFC championship contender, mm. the 2020 Titans will have to be markedly better than the really? 2019 Titans. Yes, the, ten, the 2019 Titans, right, got hot, got on a run, had things fall their way and fell short. Yes, but they also, like, it wasn't like a, a, like, they made a change at quarterback. Yeah. And we're out of this world. And now, look, the one thing that was an indictment to me of them and why I still kind of can't believe the playoff run, they lost at Houston last year. Right. And that was, the, but they, they also beat the Chiefs. But it was Mahomes' first game back. And Andy Reid made one of the stupidest decisions that I could remember. And that was another thing that ruined one of my, Big, beautiful teasers that always were a disaster. You know what happened, Dane? I hit one teaser in, like, week two. And yeah. basically, I thought they were you went back to the well. And you were like, oh, this is easy. I yeah, got like, this. Oh, this is what you did. six and a half points. I got you. Yeah, I no cracked problem. the code. Unfortunately, you did not. But that's okay. Like, and here's the other thing. I, You are a little bit more bullish on Tannehill. Like, I think that there's just as good of a chance that, you know, he turns into a frog uh, with 16 yeah. games under center where people know what the game plan is. You know, I, I I struggle to see this. So here's what we're going to do. We got to take a break. We got to pay some bills. When we come back, um, we turn our attention to the fantasy game here because you seem to think they're pretty productive, 30 points a game, you know, 
who was your diamonds outside of Ryan Tannehill is really the only question we have. Because I got to tell you, I think there is a player who I was in love with on this team. He was in my DFS lineup almost every week on the best half of the season. The problem is, I think the hype has gone a little bit too far, and he's not a value for me anymore. Want to know the player I'm talking about? Come on back on the other side of the break. I'll tell you why. Now, relatively speaking, he may be a fugazi to forget about. Come on back. It's the early line right here on SportsGrid. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back to the early line here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane. He's Kevin. And we're looking at the Tennessee Titans trying to find some value. Kevin thinks there is still incredible value on Ryan Tannehill and on this offense. He's got them going slightly over the win total at 9-7 and seven with a win total of 8.5. But then also thinks that they're live in the AFC Championship uh, hunt if things fall right. And yeah. I, listen, I'm not joke, You know, I'm not just throwing shade on you because I do think one of the things you're right about is that the Titans are the kind of team that get better in the second half of the season when it's cold out, that travel, right, because of their road game, because mm -hmm. of their defensive-minded head coach. So I'm okay with all that. I got to tell you, going into the break, I was talking about a Titans player who I think I, I loved last year. I was early on him. I was using him. But unfortunately, I don't think I can stay on him this year based on kind of the hype train that I think has just gone a little bit out of control. I'm yeah. talking about A.J. Brown, the wide receiver, out of Ole Miss, okay? Now, he was a revelation at the end of the year. We were talking about this, you know. They drafted Corey Davis a few years back in, like, the top 10, and he's kind of just like, you know, I don't know. I don't want to call him a bust, but he certainly hasn't, you know, exceeded expectations. Not a top right? five player from the draft. You can exactly. Put it like A.J. Brown, however, kind of has been, had a big-time year. But, Kevin, what if I tell you that right now he is being drafted as a wide receiver one? He is right now the 10th wide receiver off the board in kind of mock drafts or in ADP yeah. ahead of Odell Beckham, ahead of... Adam Thielen, who I know we talked about last time, ahead of Juju Smith-Schuster, Allen Robinson, Cortland Sutton, and mm. others. He is inside the top 10, right behind guys like Amari Cooper and Mike Evans. I like him, but um, if that's the value, he's not going to wind up on one of my teams because someone else is going to draft him in the spot where I'm not yet considering him. So relatively speaking, he's a mm -hmm. fugazi for me. Yeah, so... I was, I was pretty surprised when you told me that that's yeah. where it was. I was not expecting that. With that being said, now, again, I, I do my best to eliminate any and all biases, okay? Fair. Um, however, there are certain, you know, players that will always, um, I will be very, very big fans of. Like, if you thought I was annoying about Christian Fulton, right, or Jalen <laughs> Johnson, you know nothing when it came to DK Metcalf. Oh. And DK Metcalf is a part of the NWO as is A.J. Brown. When they were at Ole Miss together, they used to hold up a title 
that had oh, the NWO really? logo on it. That was called <laughs> Nasty Wideouts. Okay. And I mean, I'd name fantasy teams after it. It was my background. It was my header on Twitter. So I'm also still waiting for Demarcus Lodge, who was the third wide receiver to get his <laughs> The tight end was actually Dawson Knox of the Bills. Like, they were so loaded. This is that old Miss team, right? Yeah. And actually, yeah. the quarterback was Jordan Tamu, who was overplaying well in the XFL. In the XFL, for sure, yeah. Yeah. That old Miss defense, though, was miserable. Yeah, um, they used to be the Land Sharks. They used to be something with Cameron Indici and the crew. But I digress. So go ahead. Like, so, so basically, you pay AJ, it up for A.J. Brown at that level? A.J. Brown is pretty much a forever diamond for me. Okay. 10 sounds super high. With that being said, he has clearly established himself as the one. Sure. And the type of player and athlete he is, he was so wildly efficient last year. I think this is the, the, the struggle with his Titans team. As much as, and I know, I know you're messing around when I'm saying, like, oh, Tannehill's one of the 10 best oh, quarterbacks sorry. in football, right? But, like, I'm trying to figure out what this looks like. Because if the Tannehill regression hits, then, yeah, like, A.J. Brown is also screwed. Of course, A.J. Brown is also screwed. With that being said, him being better than Odell, Last year, no, I couldn't believe that. Odell is a mess, though, to me a little bit. Thielen, look, I mean, Thielen's the number one in Minnesota, but he also battles injuries. And I remember you mentioned that he was on the wrong side of 30. Right. Like, it, I'm almost wondering if the wide receiver crop has, like, a drastic fall-off to where there's only maybe, like, seven wide receiver ones but a bunch you know, of wide receiver twos. That's interesting, and you make a good point here. And when we get closer to kind of football season and fantasy football, and I give you, say, like position rankings, one of the points that I always make is that if anybody tells you about rankings, I, I, I don't necessarily believe it. Because, listen, if you're the 8th, ninth, 10th, whatever, what you need to know about is tiers, Okay, that's the way I look at it, right? And if they're a tier below, because listen, if you got, you know, Galladay and Chris Godwin, and one has them ranked seventh, one has them ranked fifth, one has them ranked ninth, yeah. you're splitting hairs. Reasonable people Ooh. can disagree with that, right? But if you have them in the same tier, then you get to play the supply and demand game when you're live in the draft and understand where you need to go, okay? So I don't want to get into that discrete rankings. However, <laughs> I will say this, you're right. I do believe, and at least a lot of the places that I look do have that kind of tier that you're talking about it's really like a top seven eight or nine and you know aj brown is kind of the top of that next tier mm -hmm. uh big shout out to our guy venmo brian who helps us produce the show the kind of start of that next tier in my opinion starts with amari cooper and then mm -hmm. aj brown is kind of right there so it is interesting to see relatively speaking if they're an overlay or an underlay mm -hmm. you're trying to get closing value on them um yeah. You know, so it's he's a forever diamond for you. Yes. That's fine. <laughs> um, we have a same kind of issue with Derrick Henry. Are yeah. you going to pay for last year's production with Derrick Henry, Kevin? No, I can't. He, he, he'll be a fugazi for me. I wish. Okay. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if you, you ever see a tweet and you know you should have saved it, but you don't. <laughs> yeah. But it was one of those. It was from, you know, uh, you know, obviously one of the fantasy people that I follow. And it was something yeah. just talking about guys coming off the number of touches that Derrick Henry was coming off. I think McCaffrey might have also been on that list. And just how that level of production is very, very unlikely to repeat itself. And, you know, where Derrick Henry is going is more than understandable. I mean, league-leading rusher, he always gets his when it comes to the touchdown production. I just, that's a situation where I'll be priced out of Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is going right now as the fifth 
running back off the board behind only CMC, Saquon, Zeke Elliott, and Dalvin Cook. He has a higher ADP than names that I know we have talked about before and we like. Names like Alvin Kamara, names like Joe Mixon, Nick mm. Chubb, Josh Jacobs, and others. I would rather have most of those guys than Derrick Henry because he doesn't offer as much in the passing game. Okay, but here's the other thing, and you say, you know, regression there. Here's my devil's advocate to you. Yeah. He was on the franchise tag. Oh, yeah. The last year. that So the Tennessee Titans may not give a damn about managing his reps. So maybe they just, you know, run him into the ground, which may be bad for the future of Derrick Henry, bad yeah. for Derrick Henry's future team, but good for a 2020 manager, fantasy manager of Derrick Henry, right? No, that's a, that's a great point. And I'll say, I think sometimes, too, like as we're doing our win total projections, right? Yeah. I think it'd be silly for me to say, all right, I think week eight, Derrick Henry goes down with an injury. But when it comes to fantasy, you try and take into account injury risk a lot more. Sure. And I just – Derrick Henry, to me, coming off that type of workload, I don't know. It's just – it's something that's kind of sticking with me. Now, I agree with you. If Derrick Henry goes out and gives you a full 16, it's almost going to be – he's going to be an RB1. He will yeah. be an RB1. Yes. And the security of that can be very, very important. But I just – as a top five back, it's, it's, it's hard for me, I think, to pull that trigger. All right, fair enough. Let me give you a guy that I think could be a diamond in the rough for this Tennessee Titans team. And I'm so glad that you brought up the concept of tiers in fantasy kind of ranking. My uh, my diamond in the rough for the Titans, tight end Jonu Smith, Kevin. I think Jonu Smith is primed and ready to go. They like his athletic talent, and Delaney Walker is gone. You know what I mean? That clears a lot of opportunity. I think Smith... Listen, there were times at the end of last year, the past game, where he was a viable piece in the playoffs. I hit prop bets with him. And when you think about drafting in fantasy, think about these tiers, right? You clearly know the big-time tight ends, Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Mark Andrews. Yep. Then I think there's another tier, right? Guys like Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram, Darren Waller, uh, Jared Cook, you know, Austin Hooper even, right? Mm -hmm. I understand that. That gets me down to, say, tight end eight or nine overall. Mm. Then there is a chunk of about seven or eight tight ends that I think on any given week could put up pretty much the same numbers, okay? Yeah. And I think John U. Smith is in that tier, in that category, okay? And I think he'll be perceived as pretty as lower in that category but i believe he definitively belongs in that category okay he has a lower adp you know you're an eagles fan he's got a lower adp than dallas goddard okay <laughs> that's so wild okay he's, he's the got second a, tight end right he's got a lower adp than tj hawkinson who we've talked about he's got a lower adp than noah fant okay and you know fant is a part of that offense but they're a fantasy herd now. And at this level, especially in the tight end game, it's so touchdown dependent, Kevin. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, literally, between those, after those big boy tight ends, right? And we've given you the names. The tight end that goes three catches for 41 yards, that's normal. Three catches for 41 yards and a touchdown get you among the top 10 scorers of the week at tight end in that, week, in that week. You know what I mean? Every single time. So because I think it's touchdown dependent, and when I look at a guy like Noah Fant, who has other red zone options in that offense, Austin Hooper, who's now gone to Cleveland, other red zone options in that offense, Mike mm -hmm. Gusecki, you know, Dallas Goddard, I, don't, I believe that Jonu Smith is a bigger part of the red zone puzzle in the passing game for the Titans than some of these other 
um, tight ends. I'm confident in saying if you wait a little bit and miss mm-hmm. out on those top tight ends and you wind up with Jonu Smith, you will not be upset ultimately. He's a diamond in the rough for me. Yeah, I like it. I think the tight end position is, is tricky. I think I found myself last year taking tight end a little bit earlier and liking it because right. it was a little bit more stable. But there's always a tight end, one or two, that you'll see in the back end. You go, man, I'll just wait to take him. That's right. And if John U. Smith's that guy for you, then you'll, you'll find yourself doing it all the time. I think Hayden Hurst of Atlanta might be that guy for me. Okay. So, you know, and we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, there, he's someone that's kind of popped into my mind somewhat in, in that tier. But tight end is, 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 is very, very interesting every year. It certainly is. And by the way, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it down the road. Where would you rank Rob Gronkowski? Oh God, I have I like. Would you draft, I, for example? Would no. you draft Rob Gronkowski or Tyler Higby? Oh boy, and Hig- I mean Higby was pretty good. Or Jared Cook, Jared Cook or Rob Gronkowski? We don't know at all what Gronk is going to be on this. Show. I think Cook, and I'll tell you why, because I think last year he started to find the rhythm a bit more with Breeze. Okay. There's four, five tight ends in the Tampa. The Bucks. I promise to not draft the Bucks tight end. I think that's my plan. Okay, fair enough. Uh, including Rob Gronkowski, if he's staring there, if he's sitting there for you in round seven, we'll see. We'll push <laughs> you to the. Listen, here's what we're gonna do, though. Okay, tomorrow we're gonna talk Indianapolis Colts because I think that is very important. You are relatively high on the Colts. We'll talk about tight ends on the Colts as well. Jack Doyle, do you want him on your fantasy team? Okay, Eric Ebron. Well, he's not there anymore, so maybe it's better for Doyle. Remember, they brought in, I believe it was Trey Burton, they brought in. So we will keep our tour of the AFC South going. That's what you need to know for the Tennessee Titans. We'll dig deep into football, give you an update on all the news and notes, give you news on this Major League Baseball back and forth with the owners, and we're getting ready for more live sports, whether it's European soccer or more in the octagon. So stay with us all this week. We'll be doing what you need to win your leagues and win that cash. For Kevin, I'm Dane. Another edition of the Early Line in the books. Come on back tomorrow on SportsGrid. We'll keep you going. Have a great day, everybody. Go Leverkusen. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com.